0: the truth news network in a time when narrative supersedes truth when facts are the enemy in a time where even orwell would look at things and shake his head in disbelief in a time when it takes backbone to stand up to the slings and arrows of outrageous deception thank all that's holy you
1: have a voice tnn the truth news network and dan newman and this voice has a whole lot to visit with you about today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Midweek. Thank you for being here at TNN Live. And yes, I am now officially labeled a frog. Ribbit. <laughs> I'm talking from the very bottom of both of my lungs today. I've got one of those, I guess, springtime or summertime coals, and they just lodged in my chest. It makes me feel like one of those Great announcers, kind of like Pete Moss, who you just heard, introduce the show today. Speaking of the show today, we've got so much information for you. We have election information. We have Border Patrol information. We have a lot of things you're going to hear from the president's own mouth on several really important issues to you. And then we're going to talk about some things that maybe just flew a little bit below the radar screen. And sometimes I think that's purposeful. They don't want the Americans to get the whole facts regarding anything that even there's a remote inkling that it might make Democrats and especially this president and his administration look bad. We don't have to make anything up, folks. All you got to do is just spin the top called Joe Biden and let it speak. He'll take care of the insanity himself. And he's really good about doing that. We're going to get into that in just a few minutes. But yesterday, as you probably know, there were election uh, primaries for the upcoming midterm elections around the nation. And a couple of very important and shocking things happened. Down in Florida, a Republican in probably the most red district anywhere in the United States, right down on the Mexican border. Mara Flores, a Republican won the South Texas District, in a district that the Democrats carried by 13 points when Joe Biden was elected president. She's a first-time candidate for any elected office. She won the special election in Texas's 34th district to complete the term of former Democrat Representative Philemon Vila, who resigned in March. With more than 70% of the votes counted late last night, she held 51% support. And Democrat Dan Sanchez got 43.5%. So despite the presence of two other candidates on the ballot, one Democrat and one Republican, Flores was able to avoid a runoff by getting 51% of the vote. Several election analysts called the race shortly after 10 o'clock Eastern time. And uh, it shocked everybody. This special election was spurred on by Vila's resignation a couple of months ago. The five-term moderate had announced in March that he would not seek re-election in 2022, left the lower chamber the last day of March this year to take a job at the Washington, D.C.-based corporate law firm Aiken Gump, as in Forrest Gump. Vila won re-election by 13% in 2020. Joe Biden won the district by four points. Flores, who received endorsements from House GOP Conference Chairwoman Elise Stefanik and, of course, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, won the primary on March 1st to run in November's general election against Democrat Vicente Gonzalez. Gonzalez will attempt to switch districts from the 15th district, which was redistricted into a toss-up seat. That new 34th district will lean 17 points toward Democrats. 17 point up over there. Now, after this election that happened last night, Every election in the midterms, in Texas, especially all those along the southern border, it's got Democrats down there really, really afraid. It looks like there is the portend of a red wave in the midterms. I started to launch into this tirade about Democrats and how and what they think and why they're even surprised when they hear these kind of things happening. Just go east of there. And up a little bit north to South Carolina, another big shakeup last night, South Carolina state representative, Russell Fry. Now this is a state representative, not a member of Congress, a local guy. He beat the incumbent Republican, South Carolina representative, Tom Rice beat him like a drum. And that's in the state seventh congressional district, GOP primary. Fry got just over the 50% margin of votes necessary to win the primary outright and become the GOP nominee without going through a runoff, while Rice, on the other hand, only got 25% of the vote. Now, what's so big about this? Well, Rice drew a bullseye on his chest, and he drew former President Trump's wrath. Rice is one of those Republicans in the House that voted to impeach Donald Trump. And that, of course, was in response to the January 6th riot at the Capitol. Trump consistently criticized Rice, calling him a backstabbing rhino for his vote. Rhino, R-I-N-O, Republican in name only. Trump endorsed Fry in February, asked voters to give him a beautiful birthday present this Tuesday when the former president turned 76. And voters in South Carolina did just that by getting rid of Rice Rice continued to stand by his impeachment vote, arguing he did the right thing, regardless of whether he won his primary. Experts had told the Daily Caller News Foundation, Rice was more likely to lose in the primary than was Mace, who did not vote to impeach Trump, but was still critical of him after the Capitol riot. Isn't it amazing? All of these little political undermining, things that we don't see up at the level in which voters around the nation can actually see what's going on behind the scenes. But let me tell you what just these two races mean. And they're just primaries. There are still general elections coming up in November, and they got to get past a Democrat opponent, both of these. But what this looks like is that finally, finally, maybe those on the left, and I don't know that this is true, but it looks like they may be getting a wake-up call and what might that call be? And from who does that call come? Well, it comes from voters, from voters across the nation. These are the people and i be one of them. And you too, if you're registered, we're the people that are paying the prices for these egregious, ridiculous, crazy policies. I'm not just talking about laws, but do you realize, and I don't want to get off on this tangent. But you remember for four years of Donald Trump, everybody on the left, media, everybody in Congress, everybody in the Senate, everybody on the left, pointed their fingers at Donald Trump and called him an authoritarian. He doesn't like the representative republic model. He doesn't like the true democracy. He wants to go back to way it was over in Europe where somebody that wore a royal crown sits atop the heap and makes all the rules and controls every member of whatever nation it is. He accused Donald Trump of that over and over and over again. And now look around the United States. What's happening? Well, I don't know any better way to describe it than we have an authoritarian dictator wannabe sitting in the White House He said, basically, screw the Congress. I'll just run this nation with executive order. I won't even have to do that. I'll just tell people, go do this, and they'll get it done. I don't have to listen to the people of the United States and Biden's minions that run out there, and we're going to get into a little bit of who those minions are. They're just running around, and they're telling everybody what Biden the president thinks, even when Biden the president doesn't think that or they don't know that. I think it's becoming more and more obvious too every day that Joe Biden is not governing in a vacuum. In fact he's just a pawn being pushed around by people. And if you're ever wondering who those people are, if you haven't yet gone to the front page of truthnewsnet.org today, you need to do it. We narrowed it down in one area, the gun control things that are coming out of this White House and that Democrats around the nation are pushing out. They want they want to take your guns. Don't let anybody convince you otherwise. And if they don't take them, they want to make darn sure they know where they are, where you are, and which guns you own. And that, of course, puts a bullseye on your back. There is somebody now that has been revealed to be that person in the Biden administration. I'm not gonna tip, I'm not gonna tip this, tell you who it is right now. Read the story. But you'll get some answers that you've been wondering about. I was pretty shocked when I opened it up and went right into it. It's pretty awesome proof that there is somebody that's in Biden's ear every day. So looking ahead, looking ahead, we hear about the house. We know everybody's pretty well set that it's a fact the house is going to flip to Republican control in November if all the votes are legally counted. And I have to put that caveat out there, folks. Look what happened in 2020. They're still screaming. There's no voter fraud, no voter fraud. Oh, my gosh. It's massive. Later today, we're going to reveal the story of investigations that are just piling up around the nation. And they're revealing massive voter fraud. Well, ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, they're not talking about that. Heck no, they're not. Because they got people in office in most cases that they wanted there. And they are licking their chops, hoping somehow they can crack that and do an even better job in November this year. They can't do it legally. So Daily Caller, I really like the Daily Caller. They do a good job, very right down the middle reporting. They reached out to all of the Democrat senators, every one of them, all 50. And they asked the 50 if they would endorse Joe Biden in 2024. All 50 Democrat Senators were asked. Only five of 50 said yes. A spokesperson for Senate Majority Leader and Democrat New York Senator Chuck Schumer responded to the Daily Caller with a one-word answer, yes. Spokespeople for Democratic Senators Tim Kaine of Virginia, Jack Reed of Rhode Island responded in the same way, yes. New Jersey Senator Cory Booker's spokesperson also said, Booker would endorse Biden, noting, yes, Senator Booker supports President Biden for re-election should he run again in 2024. Several members of the Democrat Party recently cast doubt on Biden's support for his run in 2024 amid his desperate polling numbers. This week, Democrat New York Rep. AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, refused to answer If she will endorse biden in 2024 if he runs she said we'll take a look at it when the time comes democrat party officials and voters also talked about the poor state of the country biden's age as reason they're a little hesitant to be fully behind biden in an article from the new york times delaware senator chris coons democrat he's one of joe biden's closest friends He answered the Daily Caller's inquiry with a reference to the senator's recent comments about Biden's 2024 run. It's my understanding that the president intends to seek a second term. And I understand why, Kuhn said in an interview two days ago, adding that Biden's leadership on the world stage has been impressive. I guess I missed that show. You know, the one where there's a stage where Joe Biden was impressive. I would tell you what the White House press secretary said about it, but uh, I don't want to make you throw up a little in your mouth. To make a, I guess, a summation of all of this, let's look at Nevada. Let me tell you what's going on out there. Thousands of Nevada Democrats, thousands, tens of thousands, have just left their party, and they're re-registering, and they're re-registering as both Republicans and independents, and that's turning a blue-leaning state, increasingly red. Now, this is a report coming out of Nevada, not Washington. Approximately 2,300 Democrats have left their party, re-registered as Republicans, while an additional 5,000 nonpartisan voters also joined the GOP over the last three months. Since January of this year, the gap between the number of Dems and the number of Republicans decreased by 15,000 registered voters. The number is now 50,000, according to the Nevada Secretary of State. President Biden won Nevada during the 2020 presidential election by about 33,000 votes. However, Trump was able to increase the number of votes he received in the state's most populous counties when compared to the 2016 election. If that trend continues and it continues to go in the GOP's favor. Biden's lead would be cut in half. Nevada would then be a toss-up for the first time since 2004. Back in 2020, in October, the gap between registered Republicans and Democrats was about 90,000 voters. As of May last month, the gap has dropped to less than 60,000 voters, falling fast as more Nevadans unregister from the Democrat Party. The Rio Grande Valley in Texas, a similar phenomenon going on there. We just told you about that red district that got flipped last night in a primary election without a primary runoff coming up. The trends in Nevada and Texas, they both come as a bunch of political pundits from both sides predicting an imminent red wave in the midterms in November. Both the House and the Senate now are expected to fall into the GOP's hands. That's not a Dan opinion. Let me tell you who wrote this overnight. Politico. They're predicting both the House and the Senate are going to turn to Republican control. They're the first national, uh, historical, whatever you want to call the mainstream media people. Politico is the very first to indicate their expectations of the Senate turning red, as well as the House. Wow. So this is what we're hearing about. Don't think for a second. This is not, this information is not impacting every part of our government from top to bottom. Washington, DC, there are people walking the streets and running along the Potomac and they've got troubled looks on their faces because they know If it really is going to be a massive red wave, many of them are going to find themselves the day after the election out of jobs, those big paying jobs and those lobbyist firms, because they've been raising all this money from their clients, these big corporations that have been flooding in with campaign contributions for Democrats. And so what happens? Well, if a Republican wins the White House, and if a Republican majority show up in the House and the Senate, whew, it's going to be bad across the board for these Democrat sycophants, especially with all the evil seeds they have sown about how evil the MAGA folks are. And the seed is being planted by their leader, President Joe Biden. He is anti-Donald Trump. He is not just dismissive of Trump's supporters. He hates them. He talks evil about Trump's supporters, not just Republicans, but anybody that would support this guy has got to be stark, raving, crazy. Now, let me just pull this little context down about the possible red wave coming. In the middle of all of that, guess what? a Republican coalition of 10 senators supporting a framework proposal to respond to the mass shooting in Uvalde. They're about to find themselves under intense pressure in the next couple of weeks as it seeks to prevent even a single defection that could scuttle that measure that we hear is going to go to the Senate for them to pass. And we were told there was sufficient support from the republican side to break the filibuster and bring it to the floor for debate and for voting and that it will pass the senate if one if one senator changes their mind and goes the other way it'll never come up for a vote they call it bipartisan i've just heard the same things you have we have not seen anything on paper this is a play from the democrat playbook. This is how they govern. They pass among themselves all of these bills. They have control so they don't even need to get any Republican involved in it. Many cases, they just, when they bring it to the floor, it's a sham. It's going to pass. So they don't even put anything out there for the American people to know about before they vote and pass them. A big question is how hard the National Rifle Association and even some other gun rights groups are going to lobby against the legislation and whether they'll downgrade the ratings of Republican senators who vote for it. Now, what does that mean if they downgrade the ratings? A lot of these major corporations that pay these millions of dollars that filter through the campaign contribution network, they watch the ratings of Republican senators and how they vote on every issue. And if they get downgraded, that automatically means they're not going to get the same amount of money they got before and, of course, that they need for their re-election bid. Many of the Republicans who signed on to this bipartisan proposal, they have A-plus or A-ratings from the NROA, which hasn't yet taken a stance on it. John Cornyn of Texas, he's the lead Republican negotiator. I like Senator Corn- Cornyn a lot, but I think he's way, way off on this one. He said Monday that the NRA has pledged to stay neutral until the legislative text of the bill is unveiled. Novel idea. Hey, why don't we wait until we can read the bill and see what's in it before we even talk about voting on it? NRA said, we'll make our position known when the full text of the bill is available. The NRA will continue, their spokesperson said, To oppose any effort to insert gun control policies initiatives that override constitutional due process protections and efforts to deprive law-abiding citizens of their fundamental right to protect themselves and their loved ones into this or any other legislation now senator cornyn very soft-spoken guy he expressed hope the republican coalition is going to remain intact no matter what kind of pushback it gets from outside groups We want broad support from anybody who will give it, because that will help us build the vote. But I don't think any single organization will control the outcome. So who are these guys that are saying we're in? Well, in addition to Cornyn, GOP Senators Tom Tillis, who's about to leave? Tom Tillis, Roy Blunt, Rob Portman, Lindsey Graham, Richard Burr, Pat Toomey, Susan Collins, Mitt Romney, and Bill Cassidy from right here in Louisiana. They've all endorsed this quote-unquote bipartisan framework. Now, Roy Blunt from Missouri, Senator, has an A rating from the NRA, said he could see more than 10 ultimately voting for the legislation. We need to see the final legislation before you really answer that. But I think there'll be more than 10, he said. Four of those signatories, Blunt, Burr, Portman, and Toomey, plan to retire at the end of the year. Hey, Doesn't that tell you something? Four of these guys, four of the ten, 40% of the ten Republicans that said, hey, we're going to support this gun deal that has been supposedly put together in a bipartisan way. You need to understand one thing. Anytime you're hearing stuff like this, if you don't hear anything in the show today other than this, grab this. Anytime Chuck Schumer Majority leader in the Senate, from New York, been around, he's a lifer. Anytime he supports a bill, you can bet it is not bipartisan, or he would be out. If his hand is on this, which it is, it will not be bipartisan, real bipartisan. There may be some GOP members that come over to their side and agree with them, but that doesn't. This is what just kills me the definition of bipartisanship nancy pelosi has changed the definition of it bipartisanship was designed and it was meant to get people with differing opinions together to discuss legitimately talk debate try to pull people on the other side to their side convince them with facts when things started to happen during the trump administration where Republicans began to vote on Republican things and Democrats always still voted on Democrat things, they couldn't get the American public to understand that Democrat policies weren't being supported. So here's the way they looked at it. If they introduced something to be discussed, debated, go to committee to just ferret out all the details. If they got one Republican to agree with the Democrat side. They would come out and scream it to the four corners of the earth. We have a bipartisan bill. Didn't matter if it was just one GOP member that would support it. This Senate bill is not bipartisan. What's in it? Congressman Mike Johnson told me last week he's going to do his darndest to get the the. Bill in front of him, the measures in front of him, at least in bullet point format and detail, so he could reach out to you on this show. Hopefully, before the end of the week, he's going to be able to do that. And I asked him, what do you think? Is it going to be good or bad? And he said, I doubt there's going to be anything in it that we like. Facts are facts, right? Facts are facts. Let me tell you, I'm just going to wrap up the gun thing. I've always maintained, We don't need new legislation on any issue at all. I don't care what it is. Unless we are doing the darndest best job that we can in enforcing any previous law that has been in place regarding the same issue. Gun control. 600 federal bills, laws, regarding gun control. That doesn't count the state and local Gun laws there are around the nation, 600 federal laws. And they want us, the very few little details they gave us on this proposal, this bipartisan Senate bill. It involves spending a bunch of money. We're going to spend a bunch of money on mental health issues. We're going to do this. We're going to pay for this. We're going to teach this. I get all that. But how can the American people trust you? How can we believe you're going to do what you said when you're not enforcing current laws? Let me give you just one example. Tell you about Dontre Mills. Ever heard the name? Dontre, D-O-N-T-R-A-Y. Dontre Mills. He got busted. Regarding gun stuff, he bought 27 guns and he used a false ID to buy all 27. And then he sold those guns to convicted felons now think about that we've told you this all along the background checks that the ATF are doing now every time a a gun is purchased legally at any of the stores any of the sporting goods stores the big box stores like Dick's Sporting Goods Academy any of those operations if you walk in and want to buy a, a gun you can go through the exam at the counter and Learn everything you can and negotiate on price. You can't buy it unless they send in a background check form to the ATF. And the ATF does preliminary research and they approve you. You can't get it. This guy, he didn't have a bad background, but he's involved in illegal activity with those who are illegal. Like the majority of the people that shoot others and the bloodbath that happens every week and has for years in Cook County. Chicago, same kind of stuff happens. This guy sold 27 guns to felons, convicted felons. Dontre Mills, you know what? He is free right now. After he was charged with 55 counts of federal gun trafficking crimes, Obama and Biden's Department of Justice, they negotiated a plea bargain. In exchange for a guilty plea on one single charge, charged with 55 counts, they plea dealed on one charge, he got probation. He's never spent a day in jail. Now, what's the big picture of this? Where did those 27 guns go? Who got them? Who did he sell those guns to? Obviously, those people weren't interested in going to Dick's or Academy and buying a gun legally because they couldn't pass background. So they used Dontre Mills. He had a clean record. <laughs> he doesn't now, but I'm going to tell you what. His mama is excited because he walks the streets a free man. Total disregard of what he did and where what he did is playing out on the landscape landscape of the nation. You you look at Dontre Mills and multiply it by what, 10,000 times? These kind of things happen every day. Evil people, criminals, you're not going to stop them by changing gun ownership laws. You're not going to stop them at all. All that's going to happen if there's any additional gun control put on the American people than what we have now at the federal level. All that's going to change is you're going to make it easier for criminals to use guns against law-abiding people. Because law-abiding people, we're going to abide by the law. I have several guns, handguns. I'm a concealed carry permit holder, have been for 20 years. In 20 years, I've been in situations in a church setting where I was part of the church safety team. And I carried a gun. I never drew my gun. Thank God I never needed to. But I can tell you this. If I needed to and couldn't, I would find it difficult to live with myself if that cost somebody their lives. That, my friends, is happening today. You want gun laws? Democrats, you want gun laws? Great. Cut a deal, a real deal. Here's what we'll give you if you'll do this, and our if you'll do this to them is enforce the federal gun laws. In every case, stop cutting these stupid deals. If you catch somebody using a gun, owning a gun illegally, anything about gun stuff illegally, prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law. Then come sit down and talk to me about gun control. Oh, but what about these mass school shootings? we got to stop them. We've got to stop them. You can name any one of these mass shootings that happened recently. Oh, that 18-year-old in New Valley, he didn't have any business buying an AR-15. He was mentally inept. He had bad mental histories. He shouldn't have been allowed to do that was he checked out to the fullest extent of the law? Did anybody in Uvalde who knew him and knew he had mental and emotional problems, did they ever speak up? Do they go to law enforcement? We're not talking about New York City where there are 10 million people. We're talking about Uvalde, Texas, a small community. Yeah, we can stop it, but we're never going to stop it unless we stop it now with the laws that are really darn good that are in place. But they've got to be enforced. Nothing changes if nothing changes. You want changes in the deaths at the hands of guns? Start enforcing the laws regarding the guns in every case. Stop the Dontre Mills around this nation that are straw people walking in. They've got clean records buying guns legally and then selling them to felons that are used on the streets of Chicago every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Don't preach to me about being evil Second Amendment supporters. It's the law. It's the constitutional laws. We know for a fact just the statistics that can be gathered. Last year, 58,000 Acts of violence were stopped by people who had guns in their possession legally. 58,000. Those are the ones we know about. How many of those would have ended up with somebody being shot, desperately injured, even killed, if they had not legally had Second Amendment rights exercised in their homes and could defend themselves? Wow. What a way to start. Well, let me tell you who's up next. We're going to put old Joe Biden on the chopping block for you. No, we'll put him on the podium. (laughs) Chopping block, that sounds a little crass, doesn't it? Oh, we've got a couple of little things he has spoken lately and one, not so lately, but still it's important. President Biden's up next.
2: Duncan is putting a whole new spin on pumpkin at Duncan with our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Smooth, bold cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam made with cinnamon and nutmeg spices. And there's more pumpkin for you to love, like the delicious fall classic, our pumpkin spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. That's how we pumpkin at Duncan. Sip into the fall season with the new pumpkin cream cold brew or pumpkin spice signature latte. America runs on Duncan. Price of participation may vary, limited time offer, exclusions of
3: are you sure we should be out here? It's pretty cloudy. Come on, that'll pass. Really? I don't know. Yeah, That's just swing. I'm holding swing. a... Swing! <sighs> ah! <laughs> huh? Whoa, looks like someone could have used Yahoo OneSearch on his mobile phone. Try Yahoo OneSearch and get news, sports, even weather. Get better results. Text weather and your zip code to 92466. Be a better golfer. Yahoo! Standard carrier text messaging rates apply.
0: Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents A Word From Your Wallet. Oh,
3: oh, ah. Are we at the gas station?
4: Oh. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling these gas prices, too. I'm <laughs> the wallet down here, head to a Ford dealership. Why? Proper vehicle maintenance. A new air filter can save 19 cents a gallon. Correct tire inflation up to 6 cents a gallon. Wow, that sure adds up. <laughs> Fat wallets are very
2: in right now.
0: Right now, motorcraft air filter replacement is just $19.95 or less. Replacing a dirty air filter can increase fuel economy by as much as 10 percent well
2: done
4: that was easy maybe you should listen to your wallet more often well you're typically pretty quiet well i didn't want to be a pain in the uh,
0: uh, uh, uh. hurry in for the best deals we've had in years money-saving rebates on brakes batteries tires and more see your participating Ford dealer today while some compromise to be nice others aggressively hold to the truth guess which one we are tnn the truth news network
1: I like that. Well, let me drop a little truth on you here. And for those of you that are listening, and I just happen to look over and see some of the IP addresses in the towns and cities around North America that you're listening from, if you know me, I'm going to shock you. In the break, guess what I did? I took a swig of wild turkey that's infused with wild honeybees. Honey. I can tell you this much. I'm not a drinker. I'm not. But whenever I get one of these chest things and I can just let a little of that run down the back of my throat, it's like the warmth of Jesus just flooding (laughs) into my throat and, uh, it makes it easier to talk. Wild Turkey infused with wild honey. Wild bee honey. You need to write that down. Keep a bottle handy. Uh, we've, We've got a bottle of it, and uh, it was given to us by friends in Tulsa, I want to say 10 years ago. And there's still a bunch of it left. So if you need some and you're in the area code or in this way, give me a call if you can't find it. But honestly, it really, really works. Now, what about President Biden? I went into the break telling you he's up next. We're going to let you listen to him in just a second. But here's the subject. You remember. When those border patrol agents, when all those Haitian refugees flooded in and were living under the bridge in Del Rio, remember that thousands of them and several border patrol agents were riding horses and they were trying to do crowd control and keeping these Haitian people in the right spots where they were supposed to be. You remember that story, the video came out that was shot and it showed these guys whirling the reins of their horses on horseback and it appeared. It looked like, and some people could conclude that they may have been using these uh, reins as whips on these illegal immigrants. Well, closer scrutiny proved that wasn't it at all. If you know anything about horses, ranching, and stuff like that, you use, when you're on horseback, you use the reins to keep cattle in line as you're riding through them. Not You don't have to touch them. Just whirl that whip, and it also sends messages to your horse that you're on. Well, it came out when that happened, and it was proven they didn't do anything wrong, these Border Patrol agents. Well, guess what's going on now? The Department of Homeland Security is set to discipline, their term, discipline, several Border Patrol agents who were accused of whipping those Haitian migrants, despite the fact there is no evidence of that actually occurring. Fox's Bill Malugins down there, he reported last night, that per federal sources, DHS is about to discipline multiple horseback patrol agents who were accused of whipping Haitian migrants in Del Rio last summer. I'm told DHS will imminently allege, listen to their charges they're going to bring, for administrative violations and that the agents will be able to respond. Malujan said the Fed's said the announcement is expected to come down any day now. It's unclear what administrative violations the BP agents are going to be accused of, but they're not being accused of any criminal conduct. So my question is, why the heck are you doing this? Why are you even doing it if there's not going to be any criminal violation alleged in your reasoning for doing it? That just doesn't make sense. Well, let me tell you why they're doing it. No, even better than that. Listen to Joe Biden tell you why this is happening.
2: Thank you, Mr. President. You said on the campaign trail that you were going to restore the moral standing of the U.S., that you were going to immediately end Trump's assault on the dignity of immigrant communities. Given what we saw at the border this week, have you failed in that promise? And this is happening under your watch. Do you take responsibility for the chaos that's unfolding?
5: Of course I take responsibility. I'm president, but it was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses barely running them over, people being strapped, it's outrageous, I promise you, those people will pay. They will be, an investigation underway now and there will be consequences. There will be consequences. It's an embarrassment, but it's beyond an embarrassment. It's dangerous, it's wrong. It sends the wrong message around the world. It sends the wrong message at home. It's simply not who we are.
1: It's not who we are. Well, who are we, Uncle Joe? Tell the American people who we are. Are we, you, are we, you that you just got up in September, September 19th? That was two days after this incident occurred. You got up before the nation and you said what we just heard you say. Forget about, oh, he's an attorney. He should know. Uh Uh-uh. He forgets about the rule of law. He forgets about the constitution. He forgets about the right to be viewed legally as innocent unless and until somebody is ruled guilty. Everybody, everybody in the nation from top to bottom, when they looked at this and saw the slow motion, not a single one of those rains touched a single Haitian immigrant. But the message that doing those and using those rains sent was good enough to keep the Haitian people, the immigrants, illegal immigrants, in the areas they were supposed to remain in for their own safety, to be honest with you. And so here was the President of the United States. And you heard what he said there. I promise you, those people will pay for what they did. His saying that sounds eerily familiar, eerily familiar to what was said by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi during the campaign time, the run-up to the 2020 election. In her weekly Thursday press briefing, she was getting blasted by the media sitting there asking her questions about Joe Biden this, how could you do this, all this kind of stuff. What about Trump this and that? She finally had enough. And she she raised her right hand up. You know how she does it with her fingers stretched out and she shakes that hand as she talks. And it was like, she held her hand up shaking it and said, she didn't say this, but it was like, hold on stupid, listen to what I'm about to tell you. I promise you, January 20th of 2021, we will inaugurate Joe Biden as President of the United States. What Biden just said is the reason there's going to be any actions taken against these Border Patrol agents. Because Homeland Security, Border Patrol, Customs, these are all agencies that answer to the top of the executive branch of our government. Who is that at the top? Whoever's president of the United States, not Alejandro Mayorkas, who, by the way, when he looked at the video up front, he said, secondly, oh, it doesn't look like anything was done before that. He said similar things to what you just heard President Biden say. It's about politics. It's not about fairness. It's not about the rule of law. Now, you heard Biden claim all this sent shockwaves around the nation. And around the world, everybody saw this. This is not who we are. And him now doing what he's doing and allowing it to happen, which obviously this would not be happening unless he was getting political pressure and he got on the phone with Alejandro Mayorkas, So they said in the White House. Mayorkas, by the way, he works in D.C. He doesn't work at the southern border. He's in town with Joe every day. They could eat lunch together if... They wanted to. But my point is, nothing happens in a vacuum up there. Anytime any actions are taken by anybody, especially on a level of this, the reasoning for doing it goes all the way to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. This is no exception. So let me blow your mind and let's do a little switch here. We hadn't talked about COVID in a while. On November 23rd last year, former South Korean president Chun Doo Han died at the age of 90. According to South Korean officials, a former Chung Wa Dae, that's South Korean presidential palace, secretary, revealed that Chun had not eaten properly for 10 consecutive days since he received the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. His health deteriorated rapidly. He lost 20 pounds in days he was diagnosed with leukemia and was hospitalized for 12 days. One of his former aides suspected his leukemia was related to the side effects of the vaccine. And then an open letter from a group of mainland Chinese leukemia patients circulated on Chinese social media platforms early this year, but it was quickly taken down. In that letter, patients aged 3 to 70 and from more than 30 different provinces across China and central government directly controlled municipalities, stated they had developed leukemia immediately after receiving COVID vaccines and suspected that their disease was a severe vaccination adverse event, and they hoped that the government would investigate the matter. So, question, is it possible that vaccination can cause leukemia what are the possible causes of the disease and how can it be prevented dr yu hong dong a virologist and infectious disease doctor also worked in pharmacovigilance department for cancer drugs at a major international pharmaceutical company according to the international conference on harmonization an adverse event is an untoward medical occurrence in a patient or clinical investigation subject administered a pharmaceutical product in which does not necessarily have a causal relationship with the treatment. In the pharmacovigilance industry, there is a generally accepted principle. It is better than to make 3,000 misjudgments rather than to miss one. Regardless of the source of the adverse event report, And whether the report was made by a pro or not, every piece of information regarding a potential adverse experience of a new drug or vaccine must be properly taken as an adverse event. And it has to be included in the Vaccine Adverse Event Report database for medical analysis. It makes sense. The purpose is to collect as much real factual information as possible to find patterns in these cases, monitor any potential serious adverse events proactively going forward. And this is not a U.S. thing. It's according to international good practice principles in the pharmaceutical industry. And if this report comes out, it's got to be ruled legitimate if the piece of information meets four conditions. One, there is an identifiable patient. Two, there is an identifiable reporter. three there is is exposure to a drug or a vaccine. And four, there is an adverse experience, like symptoms or signs or lab tests, etc., regardless of whether a causality relationship with the drug or vaccine has been established. The key rationale is that after the new vaccine or drug is applied in a large population, the top priority would be safety rather than efficacy of the drug. There are many examples of pharmaceuticals and vaccines that have been recalled or even withdrawn from the market because of safety issues. So if there is a safety concern, it's got to be addressed immediately and proper actions got to be taken in order to protect human safety. So over there, a veteran journalist has provided Dr. Dong with two large Excel sheets of adverse leukemia events made collectively by mainland Chinese manufactured vaccine recipients. These data sheets contain adverse events reportedly by nearly 1,000 patients as of June 4th, a little over a week ago. The adverse events are mentioned in great detail and the report's contents are alarming. Due to time constraints, we're not going to look at them all, but we have looked in on about 235 valid cases. In terms of gender, listen to these conclusions. The victims in 56% of these cases, 235 cases, were male. 2% female. 42% didn't specify gender. There's currently a lot of missing data, and the gender ratio is predicted to be around one to one. Their age range, from 3 to 79 years old, with an average age of 30. Vaccines are mainly from Sinovac Life Scientist Company, but some are produced by Beijing Institute of Biological Products, Wuhan Institute of Biological Products Limited, and several others. Among the vaccine-related adverse events concerning leukemia, the most common, acute myeloid leukemia, 49%, followed by acute lymphoblastic leukemia, aplastic anemia, and several other hematological malignancies such as lymphoma. In 44% of the cases, symptoms or diagnoses of these adverse events were reported to occur an average of 84 days after the second dose. What is all this saying? Well, let me tell you what it's saying. There's still things going on with these vaccines. And don't think, as, as we've told you and we have given you stories this week that back it up. There's still a bunch of unknown stuff out there about all of the vaccines. It's too early. Remember the very beginning of this back in 2020 in the spring when we found out, oh my gosh, COVID-19, we just got its name. You remember Dr. Anthony Fauci when he was talking about in front of the White House press briefing, uh, those people that were in the White House for this briefing, the very first one on this, he was asked a question. What about vaccines? Vaccines. How soon can we get a vaccine developed and get it out to the American people? You remember what he said? Over and over again for weeks, he said this every time he was asked. It takes months and months and even years before we can develop a vaccine, get it laboratory tested, and then get it out in human trials over a sufficient period of time where we can trust for anything to go to the market. It's going to take years. And then the process, all of a sudden, changed. It turned into months. And who can honestly say to you that the Pfizer, the Moderna, and even the Johnson & Johnson vaccines were brought to the marketplace and jabbed into millions of people here and tens of millions around the world. And those vaccinations were made based on scientific uncontrovertible factual information that was developed and confirmed during human trials. It didn't happen. Nothing like this in world history has ever happened before. Don't think for, I'm not trying to scare you, but don't think for a second that we're seeing all of the problems and that we're facing all of the problems regarding vaccines so everybody with a phone or computer, we've seen the mega viral videos and photos of Justin Bieber. Justin's now 28 years old. He's in bad shape right now. If you see the video, see the picture, you can see he said in a video, this eye is not blinking. And that was on Instagram to 241 million Instagram followers last weekend. His face is drooping, lopsided. He can't smile his nostril won't move. There's full paralysis on the left side of his face. So his doctors diagnosed him with what's called ramsey Hunt syndrome, a very rare neurological disorder marked by facial palsy and that's caused by the varicella zoster virus. That's the one that causes chickenpox in children, shingles in adults. Media outlets across the world they just rushed out to assure Bieber's celebrity massive global fan base that the somber singer's condition could not possibly have anything to do at all with COVID-19 jabs. Euronews, you probably never heard of Euronews. It's a little bitty news organization. It reaches an audience of um, 440 million homes in 160 countries across Europe. Euronews flatly declared there is no link to COVID-19 vaccination associated with Bieber's facial paralysis. Dr. Anthony Young, who bills himself as America's holistic plastic surgeon, he asserted to his nearly 4 million viewers on YouTube, it was unreasonable to raise concerns about COVID jabs and Bieber's plight in large part because of the Federal Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, VAERS, where he says he found 62 cases of COVID vaccine linked to this disease. He said it's unconfirmed and unvetted, even though there are 62 cases there. He dismissed those cases, despite the fact that medical pros have regarded the government-run VAERS database as a critical early warning system all the way back to 1990, and they've credited its passive surveillance monitoring with, quote, improving the quality of reported data and contributing significantly to safeguarding public health. As a research team noted in the peer-reviewed journal Pediatric Annals, quote, the investigation that resulted in the voluntary withdrawal of rotavirus vaccine was triggered by nine reports to VARES of intuception eight of which had occurred within one week of the first dose of this vaccine. So when I read this story yesterday, I had a takeaway from what I just shared with you. This guy, Dr. Yoon, he's an internet doctor. He does boob jobs for a living. He's no more qualified than you or me to analyze the science on this, no matter how many degrees he lists after his name, or how many views his videos rack up. Those medical experts at Rolling Stone, they sneered at anti-vaxxers for flipping out over Bieber's facial paralysis and relied on an expert who cited, quote, significant life stressors such as a divorce or a move as a more plausible cause of the pop star's illness than anything related to COVID-19 shots. Left-wing Salon similarly seized on the story. They painted COVID-19 vax critics as conspiracy spreaders. HITC, which is a popular gaming, sports, and movie website, proclaimed that any link between Ramsey-Hunt syndrome and COVID-19 shots had already been debunked. The rumors are false. Its reporter asserted because there has been no clear evidence of vaccine-induced RHS. The truth is... And I'm I'm going to be completely honest. Nobody knows for sure. Anyone who makes any definitive declaration one way or the other is lying, ignorant, politically motivated, paid off or some combination of those things. And it doesn't help that Beaver won't be straightforward about whether he has been vaccinated for COVID-19, which vaccines he has received, and how many, if any, boosters he received and when. So let me tell you what we do know. We do know that Bieber's concert team implemented a vaccine requirement for anybody that went to a concert. Bieber reportedly tested positive for COVID-19 in February. Bieber's young and otherwise very healthy and attractive wife, Haley, she suffered a mini-stroke when a blood clot traveled to her brain. Blood clots are rare, but a real side effect of COVID-19 vaccinations. That is a fact. And researchers have been documenting a small, but a real number of incidents of Ramsey-Hunt syndrome as a possible result of either COVID-19 vaccination or coexistence with COVID-19 infection. It's just outright quackery to unequivocally deny that the experimental COVID jabs might, might cause RHS, just as it was fake science and journalistic malpractice to deny or downplay the rare but real cases of COVID-19 jab-induced Bell's Palsy. And when that first came out, oh, my vaccination caused my Bell's Palsy, and the reports started pouring in, everybody laughed, and they all said the same things that we just gave you from these so-called Integrus journalistic outlets. Conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory. You can't believe these. these Trump MAGA people. The truth is a research team reported in the Journal of Neurology last November that varicella zoster virus, VZV, induced neurological diseases like RHS might be a possible event triggered by COVID-19 vaccination. Now that's... The exact opposite of the propaganda masquerading as unassailable science. The researchers were careful. They emphasized the benefits of COVID jabs because, well, we know what happens to anybody who dares challenge big pharma orthodoxy. But despite that big, big pressure, the researchers urged more and continued study of the potential association between COVID-19 jabs and VZV reactivation, and recommended that clinicians rapidly start specific antiviral treatment for patients who suffer neurological impairment after they get vaxxed. Misinformation is misinformation they want you to miss. Disinformation is truth that they dismiss. Now, does this in any way Verify the validity of possible Ramsey Hunt syndrome being Justin Bieber's problem. Justin boober Justin Bieber's problem. We don't know. That's the only answer that is credible. But to just summarily dismiss it as a strong possibility, when we already know there are a multitude of other cases of that happening in those that were vaccinated for COVID nineteen. That is dangerous. That is pontification by media outlets, and it has nothing to do with the truth. Let me tell you the bad part about this, what it really has to do with. This is the United States of America. We have the best medical system on the earth. We're close to the top if we're not number one. We're not number one anymore. We used to be, but we're not now. Asian countries, several of them, are beating us to the draw. It's unthinkable that we put so many vaccines. We, the people, we paid for every one of them. We put millions of vaccines in the arms of people here in the United States, North and South America, Africa, Europe, Asia, Australia. We paid for and put those COVID-19 vaccines in those people's bodies. And our people, our specialists, from Fauci on down. Yeah, I'll do it, do it, do it. It's safe. Oh, don't listen to any of this. All these people are dying, getting these strange anomalies. But it has nothing. It hadn't been proven it's COVID-19. We were told none of it could go to market unless and until they were proven not to do these things that we're seeing happen right now today. Facts matter, folks. Facts matter. Facts matter. In a world gone mad,
0: telling the truth is a bold move. Your anchor in this sea of chaos is TNN, the Truth News Network. The following is an important time-insensitive announcement from Staples. Now, for an unlimited time only, Staples is drastically cutting their everyday prices on hundreds of products your business needs. That's right. The clock is not ticking. What? crawl or lullegag to Staples and you will not miss this opportunity these are everyday price cuts take a 4 pack of AA Duracell batteries was 4.79 now just 2.99
1: to start the stories that we're talking about today. Sounds kind of sinister. And it's a really good song. You remember this, Hold Your Head Up? Sometimes, folks, bad things happen to good people. It's not because good people do something wrong. It's because the world often is not good to us. And sometimes we struggle through things that we know factually, we didn't do anything to deserve them. But still, sometimes... Bad things happen to good people. I don't want to miss anything today. I want to make sure that we get it all. Joe Biden spoke to the AFL-CIO in Philadelphia. I'm sure you saw it yesterday. And he was just downright nasty. Now, let me just say this. He speaks and has for a lot of years, every year, at the AFL-CIO national annual event and that's exactly what he did we clipped just a little bit the pertinent things out of his speech in philadelphia yesterday that i wanted you to hear
5: here he is walking down the steps of air force 1 and for some reason he's opting to wear a mask outdoors with no one <laughs> else near him but wait for it as soon as he reaches people and gets close <laughs> enough to shake
2: their hands the mask comes off <laughs>
6: You're traveling to another dimension
2: because think about it. Yellow school buses are our nation's largest form of mass transit. How about that every day? So, yes, and let's applaud because they them where they need to go.
5: <laughs> your next stop, the twilight zone.
2: If your child rides the bus half an hour to school and half an hour back every day from the first day of kindergarten, to high school graduation they will experience the equivalent of 90 full days of exposure to diesel exhaust. And these fumes do not just threaten the health of our children. They also threaten the future of our planet.
5: So one minute, she's laughing madly about school buses. And literally, the next minute, she's telling her bewildered audience that the buses are killing the children and the Earth.
1: So there you go. We've got the president of the United States, the vice president of the United States, and you heard them there. Some of the stupidest, most unattached truths that we're hearing come out of this trio at the top. It is not two people, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I promise you there's a third. Not going to get into that right now. That's the opening for you to hear President Biden at the AFL-CIO convention.
5: Jobs are back, but prices are still too high. COVID is down, but gas prices are up. Our work isn't done. But here's the deal. America still has a choice to make, a choice between a government by the few, for the few, or a government for all of us. My plan is simple. First, I'm doing everything in my power to blunt Putin's gas price hike. Just since he invaded Ukraine, it's gone up $1.74 a gallon because of nothing else but that. All I'm asking is for the largest corporations and the wealthiest Americans to begin to pay their fair share in taxes. Look, I believe in bipartisanship, but I have no illusions about this Republican party, the MAGA party. I've been able to bring some Republicans along on parts of my plan, but the fact is Republicans in Congress are still in the grip of the ultra MAGA agenda. They still refuse to consider changing any part of the Trump tax cuts, which delivered massive windfalls to billionaires and others, and they weren't paid for.
1: It's not any longer the MAGA folks. It's the ultra MAGA folks. Now, I wanted you to hear him in front of somebody I call his crowd. Why? Well, it's obvious. Remember, he he told us during the campaign, I'm going to unite the nation. I'm going to put it back together. Donald Trump slid it right down the middle. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to govern that way. Well, he was honest. He certainly has not governed the way Donald Trump governed when he was in the White House, because Donald Trump, he depended upon the framework of the government that was set up in our United States Constitution. Three separate branches of government that all three work in tandem. And they coordinate amongst themselves, the executive branch, the judicial branch, and the legislative branch. That's the way the structure was set. That's the way it's supposed to be. And Joe Biden made it very clear when he was campaigning, Honest Joe, that's exactly what he was gonna do. He has turned his back totally on more than half of our government and the structure therein, regarding operating within the confines of the Constitution, the restrictions and the privileges that are given to each of the three branches. He's governing like a dictator. And don't you dare disagree with anything he says. After all, you just heard, he said the economy is roaring. Things are great. They're getting better. The only problems we have economically are at the feet of Vladimir Putin and the nation of Russia. They did it all. Gas is up 74 cents since Ukraine was invaded by Vladimir Putin. There was no invasion the first year you were in office. Gasoline went up almost a dollar a gallon between election day in 2020 and the day you took office. Why? Because you told everybody what you were going to do, the fossil fuel industry, when you became president. And you didn't lie. You didn't go back to Congress and say, we need to do this, 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 and this. You pulled out the pile of executive orders in the Oval Office and began to sign them, summarily and independently, destroying the fossil fuel industry. And about 30-40% of Americans agree with you and they've bought into your Green New Deal climate change stuff that's not based on any factual information and certainly not based on any logistical way to do any transition away from any fuel entity to another. After so many years, this has been happening around the world. This is not just exclusive to the United States. Everybody has developed a way to maximize their energy production so they can, if at all possible, run independently, not being reliable on other nations for their energy sources. That makes common sense. So what is Joe saying by what he's doing? Not by what he's actually saying, by what he's doing. He's saying, I know more than any other person on the planet about energy. And I know fossil fuels are destroying the globe, everything in it, everybody in it. You heard Kamala Harris talking about the evils of school buses, kids having to ride these buses throughout their entire educational careers, and they're being exposed every day to the evils of the fossil fuel industry. I can't wait. For the first commercial jet aircraft that makes a trek from Los Angeles to Hawaii going and flying on solar energy. (laughs) A battery-powered 747. It can happen. Now, when I say it can happen, here's what I'm really saying. There is no technology that's developed yet that could possibly make that even a remote possibility. Does that mean it may never happen? No, it doesn't mean that at all. Don't ever say our technology can't do anything, develop anything. Because if you look over your shoulder, at least in the live time that you've had breathing, look at all of the technological improvements that have been made in your lives and mine. I remember I had a bright orange Mercedes 300 diesel, a four-door sedan back in 1980, 81, 82. I forget when it was, but around that time. And I got one of the first phones to go in a car in Northwest Louisiana. It was one that it wasn't a cell phone per se. It was a a telephone set with a big antenna and the telephone set. I could dial a number, but it went to a switchboard. And that was a shortwave radio entity that would then transfer my telephone call, which wasn't a telephone call, to a real telephone. You follow that? That was so massively technologically improved the way we could communicate mobile telephone communication. And today, I don't have the most recent Apple iPhone, but I have an iPhone. I have an 11 Pro, I think. And I talk to people all the time, all around the world, (laughs) And I don't even think anything about it. I I set up years ago an international uh, telephone agreement so that when I made a single or an occasional international phone call, I didn't get hit with a big charge just for a one-time or a two-time phone call situation. Those are my big concerns. I don't even give it second thoughts. You don't either. What about television? Does anybody still have television? cable, real cable television. I know it's out there and it still exists, but I haven't been on a regular cable system for years. I was a direct TV fan, you know, satellite. And the one bad thing about DirecTV television on satellite was when the rain's hard, you lose the signal temporarily. And if you're recording shows, you miss a piece of the recording. Of course, if you're not there, if you're watching it live, you know what happens It waits to reconnect. Now I still have DirecTV, but it streams. It's online. Nice little idea. I spent a few days in Atlanta, Georgia a couple of weeks ago with my son. Stayed in a nice hotel. And they had television there, but they didn't have some of the channels I wanted. So what did I do? I streamed from my laptop on my DirecTV account. I logged into my account and watched my television programming in Atlanta, Georgia. Who would have thought 20 years ago that was even remotely possible in 2022? But it is, and we have yet to scratch the surface. But folks, here's the insanity of this administration illustrated. Yeah. Carbon burning carbon fuel comes with some headaches. It does come with carbon emissions. Now, They told us for decades that carbon dioxide was evil. We had to stop generating carbon dioxide. But nobody wanted to talk about the fact that carbon dioxide is what? The single thing that makes plants grow. They convert, in nature, carbon dioxide to be oxygen, the oxygen that we need. And no men developed that process. It came from our Creator. Genesis 8.22, read it sometime. Noah had just gotten off the ark with his family and all those animals and everybody in his world had drowned. God looked at what happened because of the flood that he generated. And he had a little talk to with Noah. He promised Noah that as long as earth existed, he would never flood the world again. And then he promised Noah, these things would always exist. There will always be light and dark. There will always be winter and summer. There will always be hot and cold. And then the fourth thing, and this is the one that I hang into, the fourth thing. He promised seed time and harvest. Now, what does that mean? There will always come a time when men can plant seeds in the ground. And if they do, when they do, those seeds are going to grow into whatever they came from. In other words, if you want watermelons, plant watermelon seeds. If you want pecans, plant pecan seeds. It's always going to grow in our lives, folks, it works exactly the same, but here's what Joe Biden does and so many others in the world. And we all do it from time to time. We never give it any real conscious thought. We plant watermelon seeds and we're praying for peaches to grow. Whatever you put in the ground is what's going to come back every single time. You're tempted to cheat on your spouse. Go ahead. If you do, here's what happens. You're planting a seed. I had a good friend that did just that. And I tried for, he was involved with a woman that we knew, had been for years. He had an amazing family, great wife, two children. Children have grown up. They're amazing citizens. And I confronted him with it one time and I said, hey, look, buddy, don't you understand that this this is a seed that you've sown? And you're going to pay a price for it. And here's what he told me. I know, I know. I'm a Christian. I understand reaping, and sow. And I know I'm going to pray for, uh, pay a price for this at some point. Maybe I'll have a bad year in business or whatever. And I shook my head and said, no, you don't plant peaches, peach seeds, and plant on pecans to grow. It doesn't happen that way. Sure enough, his wife left him. He lost his family. And she left to do exactly what he had been doing. He reaped what he sowed. Joe Biden will reap what he sows. And everybody who supports him. And everybody that supports Donald Trump or any conservative. When we put something in the ground, when we sow seeds into whatever it is, that's always going to come back. If we do it in a bad place, in a bad way, that's the way it's going to come back. Mr. President, I'm a little guy in the northwest corner of Louisiana, and I'm saying to you, I pray for you every day, and I want you to be successful in guiding this nation. I'm not praying and thanking God for all the things that you're doing, and certainly not for things that you're not doing, but I'm praying that he will get through to you And let you understand the things, many of the things you're doing and many of the things you're not doing come with a price. And that you're doing that is sending the price for what you're doing or not doing along to 330 million other people in the United States. We're all out there. I want you to be sensitive. I want you to be a listener. And I want you to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. And I want you to let everybody know you're aware of the fact that the reap and sow principle has always been in place and is today and when it comes to climate change and fossil fuel and solar energy and electric cars and all that kind of stuff I agree with you that it should be a good option but certainly not today a 100% all or nothing option your desolation of the fossil fuel industry has cost this nation trillions of dollars, not to mention the billions of dollars that people were making in good high-paying jobs, and they lost those the moment you started issuing those executive orders. You don't have a transition plan. The experts that came to you, like John Kerry, who flies around the world in a fossil fuel gobbler, carbon energy Jet fuel, private jets. And then he says, I'm endowed because I am an emissary of Joe Biden, and we're going to convert this nation away from fossil fuel to clean energy. You don't have a plan. Get a plan and then come back and show us the plan and guide us through it. But doing it, shutting the door without having another door open, is just plain stupid. And sadly for you, a huge majority of the nation understand that. or They're not going to accept it from you. Jesse Waters. I like him a lot. Young guy at Fox News. He's kind of cocky and I like that in anybody. But he is a very, very uh, transparent person. You always know what he's, what he's saying. You know where it's coming from. He had Senator John Kennedy on a good friend of this show, John Kennedy, a senator from Louisiana. Listen to Jesse and John Kennedy talk about this whole environment of craziness in Washington D.C.
4: Jesse, um, in Washington D.C., when uh, when I feel inadequate, uh, I just look around. <laughs> On on really bad days, I see liars and frauds and meatheads in every direction. (laughs) This is what President Biden's and Vice President Harris's Washington D.C. has given the American people. Um, And bear with me. Today, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, who was also captain of Team Transitory Inflation, announced that. She's really sorry, but inflation is not going to be transitory. It's going to be with us for a long while. Uh, In other words, uh, she does not have a solution to inflation, but she really admires the problem. In other words, get used to it. Meanwhile, her boss, President Biden, continues to campaign for more economic chaos by trying to convince us in Congress to raise taxes by three and a half trillion dollars, by expanding an already generous welfare state, and by turning cops into social workers. Meanwhile, I don't know about where you live, Jesse, but uh, in, in my state, the price of gas is so high that it would be cheaper to buy cocaine and just (laughs) run everywhere. Um, And in the middle of all of this murk and mayhem, here comes Vice President Harris. She told us today that she has had an epiphany. She has discovered the root cause of illegal immigration and what we should do about it. She wants American companies to invest $3 billion, not in America. But in Central American uh, countries, many of which hate us, some of which will steal the money. So those Central American companies will be more like America and their people won't want to come to our country. Now, this is not satire. Um, She said that i mean i will i will wait a moment while you stop laughing she (laughs) she really said that if the vice president were here right now i would say respectfully madam vice president there is no force in history none more powerful than self-delusion the root cause of illegal immigration is that people are coming into our country illegally And people are coming into our country illegally because you and President Biden are letting them in. Enforce the law. Do what we were doing the day before you took office. And the American people understand that. And that's why President Biden is about as popular right now as a sinkhole.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You sure stuck the landing, Senator. Thank you so much as
1: always. (laughs) You never wonder where John Kennedy stands. He's kind of like a Mark Twain of our generation. And he's always on point. You may disagree with some of the things he says, but he's very communicative, and you never wonder what he thinks about anything. There are so many things happening around us. And you know all the bad things that happen. Our government, that's, that they get us into these things. They don't directly pay the price for it all. You and I do. This inflation thing. Have you stopped to try to wade through and understand it from top to bottom and know what it really is doing? A new term has popped up. You probably have heard people talking about it called shrinkflation. Now, what is shrinkflation? Let me tell you, you're living it. You may not even know it, but you are living it. And once you figure it out, after this story today, you will never question it. You'll be looking for it yourself everywhere you go. You'll see it everywhere. Rather than risk losing business by raising prices, major corporations have come up with shrinkflation. So what does shrinkflation do? Well, it will pad their profits while consumers are left in the dark about the changes they're making. Corporations are finding ways to take advantage of the tightening post-pandemic economics. They're downsizing their products. Think about that. When you go to the store, they're downsizing their products. They're in packaging that look like they always have. But often, prices stay unchanged or even rise. It's shrinkflation. That means they're putting less product in the packaging and leaving the price the same. It's not new, it's been going on for decades. This is from a consumer watchdog named Edgar Dworsky. I mean, I first noticed it, he said, frankly, when I was a kid and my Mounds candy bar was no longer two ounces. He founded websites Consumer World and Mouseprint to document the abuses and the overreaches of consumer goods and markets, and he said the effect of downsizing is essentially the same as raising prices. But when the prices stay the same, consumer thinks, hey... This is the same price I paid 2 months ago, 3 months ago, 6 months ago. Well, it may be the same price, but it's probably not the same volume of what it contained previously. It's the same as raising price except they're doing it in a inconspicuous manner unless you read all the labels and remember the ones from before. They don't get the negatives of a price increase, they don't get the consumer complaints, and they don't risk the consumer going to a competitor. You and me, consumers, are generally not as sensitive to changes in net weight or unit count as they are to changes in prices, and with downsizing, corporations found a kind of underhanded way to increase their profits, at least their cash flow, and who's paying for that increase? You and I are. The current wave of downsizing, it exists in an environment where inflation, including rising prices for home goods, is battering all of us. Nobody's not paying the price. Many corporations are riding high after record profits last year. Perhaps profitability is getting squeezed by surging input costs. That's from Jake Ubinia, a senior partner at Piper Sandler. Companies have got to respond to this. I think part of the reason you're seeing shrinkflation, which is something that's been around for the better part of the pandemic, at this point is accelerated again because food prices have gone through the roof in the wake of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Across the supply chain, prices are up, especially for fuel. It's one of the principal reasons brands and manufacturers cite when Dorsky presses them on the downsizing of their products. They'll say, well, the raw material costs have gone up. We're paying more to get the goods to the store because of high gas prices. Then they'll say a competitor did it. Manufacturers know if they take a little bit out of the product, consumers may not even notice it. And they've thus passed on that price increase without a lot of negative reaction from customers. And who does who's already doing it? Well, Angel Soft, toilet paper. Miracle Grow, all-purpose plant food. Breton Crackers, Kleenex, honey bunches of oats. Haribo Gold Bears and Arm Hammer Laundry Detergent, all of which are featured in a newsletter that Dorsky puts out. Of these corporations, only Georgia Pacific, the makers of Angel Soft toilet paper, even responded to a request for comment. Their spokesman said that the changes to their product were not a result of shrinkflation and that they added more rolls to some of their packaging, reduced the suggested retail price for others. This current wave of downsize, it's probably not going to last forever. But it's going to be around for a while. And it's something that you and I need to be aware of. Now, something popped up on the radar screen. And it just grabbed me. And it's not something that just recently happened. Joe Biden went to Iowa. Now, he went to Iowa to talk to them. What is their biggest export product in Iowa. It's corn. It's corn. And they produce a lot of ethanol. Ethanol is an additive that goes into fuel and it is able to make fuel even a little more natural. And it's an additive, but it doesn't affect the product of gasoline and diesel and what it does, but it can reduce the cost to the producer of these fuels while at the same time they're getting it from good old Iowa. Iowans, great people, and that's a big political spot. Every presidential campaign, people, they get after it. They go to Iowa because those Iowa caucuses are there, and this is the first, the beginning of every presidential campaign cycle. This is one of the first places they go because the Iowa caucuses have always been the first place for the primary process. This slipped out about Joe Biden's trip, his recent trip to Iowa.
7: President Biden taking aim at his own administration's plan on gas prices. The Washington Post reporting that Biden privately complained about the White House focus on ethanol and biofuels, saying it would be unproductive. This was an initiative announced during an April trip to Iowa, which he later, quote, Question the value of. Joining me now, Iowa Congresswoman, House Appropriations Committee member, House Budget Committee member, Ashley Henson. Congresswoman, what do you make of this?
2: Well, good morning, Dagan. Uh, This is just a slap in the face to Iowa farmers who feed and fuel the world. And again, it just shows that this administration continues its war on Iowa energy and American energy. Uh, Iowa biofuels absolutely have a role to play in helping to lower the price at the pump for Americans. Um, And this administration should use them as a plan to help do that. But instead, we continue to focus on doubling down on policies that are driving those prices higher, five and six dollars a gallon for Iowa families and American families. Uh, Our strategic reserve is at 35 year low. Meanwhile, uh, we're looking to our adversaries to produce more oil. Uh, We need to be focusing on policies that are all of the above energy production, uh, energy independence here in the United States, and Iowans shouldn't be political pawns in that discussion.
7: Natural gas, a fossil fuel, and what about 40% of our electricity is generated through natural gas. And just when you think it can't get any worse, it does. NEW NATIONWIDE WARNINGS OF SUMMER BLACKOUTS. STATES ARE ALREADY PREPARING FOR THE WORST AS HOUSE REPUBLICANS PRESS THE BIDEN ADMINISTRATION ON WHAT'S THEIR PLAN. AND THERE'S A NEW ASSESSMENT, CONGRESSWOMAN, THAT SHOWS IOWA IS EXPECTED TO SEE MORE OUTAGES THIS SUMMER AS ENERGY COMPANIES STRUGGLED TO KEEP UP WITH DEMAND. Yes. And again,
2: this is a, an issue that the Biden administration is clearly showing that they have no plan for what to do. Instead of telling Iowans and Americans to just grin and bear it and get through it, they need an energy plan here. And that's exactly what we, uh, we've we been calling on them to do, present a plan to the American people. And this is about accountability. Um, this is, again, the war on energy independence couldn't be more clear whether it's at the pri- the prices at the pump or the prices we're paying for our utility bills. I've got constituents, Dagan, actually sending me pictures of their utility bills uh, because they're just, Out of control, and you talk about putting a crimp on a family budget. You know those those parents who are trying to feed their kids, fuel their vehicles, and get to work. uh, You have to drive in many cases in Iowa 40, 50 miles round trip every single day. So think about those costs. Think about the fear that Iowa families are facing. Uh, You know, energy uh, independence couldn't be more uh, necessary than than what we're facing right now.
7: It would certainly help bring down these record high fuel prices that people are so mightily struggling with. Record high mm-hmm. fuel, soaring food prices. Congresswoman Ashley Henson, thank you for your insight always.
1: So is left handed slap against the people of Iowa, documented there. Nobody in mainstream media will talk about it. They don't want anybody to release any bad news about their guy in the White House. Have you wondered what those people in these big network offices, I mean, companies, and, and CNN is, it's, it's like a gnat in the news world, the broadcast news world. It's a cable channel, the first news, all-news network that was out there. I had a good friend from Monroe, Louisiana, that was their first anchor when they were established, CNN in Atlanta. Ted Turner, his big empire, he started CNN. In downtown Atlanta, Earl Casey was their very first news anchor. You would think they had a lot of money, which they do. They're now owned by AT&T. And there is a, uh, a process going on right now where I think Disney's going to take over CNN. But there's a lot of money behind it. You would think this would be something that these big corporations could just walk into. And they have the resources to find out everything that needs to be changed, everything that needs to be kept, and then just put the people in place to do just that. But you know what is surprising to most Americans, but really not to me, just because you have a lot of money. Doesn't mean you're smart and you know everything about anything, and you can just put your hand in it and it's automatically going to be poof, perfect. In business, it doesn't work that way, especially when you're providing a service that people supposedly want. And here's Joe Biden, and he thinks every issue he faces that his opinion is the right opinion. It's what needs to happen, and if you dare disagree with him, if you dare disagree with him, he doesn't respect you. He doesn't want to try to reach consensus by negotiating or debating with you. He just does what every hardcore leftist has begun to do over the last decade or longer. They put anybody that disagrees with them in a basket. Hillary Clinton's basket of deplorables. Anybody that's a conservative, anybody that's a Republican of any kind, you're unworthy. Your opinion is insignificant, valueless, and all you are is somebody that rejects the truth. And I have the truth. Do you think Joe Biden's ever going to admit to making a bad decision while he's been president? Even these ones that are just slapping him in the face every day, He doesn't ever say he did anything wrong. The biggest lie, he tells it, I heard him say it yesterday at the AFL-CIO convention, deficits under my predecessor skyrocketed. It was a horrible administration, and I'm paraphrasing. But the consensus understanding was he he was referencing real things, real deficits during the Trump administration at the end of it. Why? Because of all the government spending on COVID-19 assistance, and all the medication, the development of the vaccines. And of course, Joe Biden takes 100% credit for that. He wants everybody to forget that the vaccine that was shoved in his arm before he became president was produced by a Donald Trump administration. But that doesn't make Joe Biden look good. So he has to take ownership of everything that he perceives to be good and total responsibility for doing it. And the opposite to that has to be true, which we don't accept being wrong about anything. If something happened, it's dead gum Vladimir Putin's fault. Vladimir Putin, he put Russians on the street over here and they came and they busted a tire in my car at the house. I mean, it's almost that ridiculous. This guy's just lost it, folks. He's just lost it. But so here's what he's doing. Put this what I'm about to tell you. Put it in the context of what I just said. They announced at the White House yesterday, Biden's going to take off on a Middle East trip in July. It's going to send him by Israel, the West Bank, and Saudi Arabia. I would love to be a fly on the wall and be in all those meetings. (laughs) Israel, the West Bank, and Saudi Arabia. And it's, it's going to be a whirlwind trip, July 13th through sixteen. and you think about the time it takes to fly over and fly back. He's not going to have much time on the ground. It'll include meetings with a bunch of world leaders. They're going to discuss a host of issues that include security, energy, climate issues, human rights, and the growing threat of Iran. Biden's going to go to reinforce the U.S.'s ironclad commitment to Israel's security and prosperity and then he's going to the West Bank that are self-proclaimed in the West Bank to be the sworn enemies of Israel and they will not rest until Israel's wiped off the map. (laughs) So he's going to be the olive branch waver. No, let me tell you exactly what he's going to do. When he's in Israel, he's going to love Israeli people and their government. When he's on the West Bank, he's going to love the Palestinian rebels and everything they do. When he goes to Egypt, the same thing going to Saudi Arabia. Now this, this is another one that I would love to be a part of and listen to this conversation. He makes it clear he's going over to beg them to increase their oil production. Why? Because Joe Biden decreased our oil production and it's creating what you and I are doing tomorrow when I go to Kroger and I get a 10 cent, a gallon Discount. Because we buy our groceries at Kroger. I'm still going to be paying $4.49. Maybe not tomorrow. That's what it would be yesterday. I don't even know what it's going to be today. Joe Biden did that. Joe Biden is directly, personally responsible with his policies. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. These evil oil companies, have you seen ExxonMobil's profits for last year, Dan? Yeah, did you see their losses for the two years during the pandemic because nobody was going anywhere and didn't need gas? Because businesses and schools and churches were closed. The government didn't come to their aid while they were funding all of this exploration And the prices went down. I paid $1.69 a gallon for gas at Kroger the day Joe Biden was elected. $1.69. And he blames all of the price increases at the pump on Vladimir Putin. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What is he going to do over there? You you know what the Saudi people are going to tell him. I mean, here's a guy that stands on an international platform and calls Saudi Arabia pariah. And he's going to go over there and say, please, please. (laughs) So we're told one of the points in discussion in Israel will be the Jewish states integrations into the region that have included the landmark Abraham Accords with Baran, Morocco, and the United Arab Emirates. Now, the Abraham Accords, who negotiated that? (laughs) Donald Trump. Everybody said he'd never do it. And he got all these nations to get into deals, across-the-board deals with Israel. Improved relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia, thanks to Donald Trump, have included the opening of Saudi airspace in 2021. Makes it possible for flights from Israel to land in the Arab country, including Biden's when he travels directly from Israel to the Saudi city of Jeddah during his trip. Now, a senior administration official, unnamed, said Biden will also be meeting with Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas and other Palestinian leaders in the West Bank, and he's going to reiterate the American commitment to a two-state solution to the Palestinian Israeli conflict, which is none of his business. It's none of our business. These are sovereigns. These are people that have never gotten along throughout world history and nothing Joe Biden can do is going to make that change. When in Saudi Arabia, the official said Biden will attend the summit of the Gulf Cooperation Council, where leaders from Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Oman, the UAE, Bahrain, Qatar, Iraq, Jordan, and Egypt are going to be present. Yeah, he's going to meet with Saudi King Salman and Crown Prince MBS, Mohammed bin Salman. The evil one. Biden has been very critical of Saudi Arabia due to human rights concerns. Even vowed to make the country a global pariah. Of course, that was when he was campaigning back in 2019. Nobody, nobody believed, nobody listens to what they say when they're campaigning. It's just a campaign promise. And I've got these Jews in America that I want to give me money and support my campaign. Who's their enemy? Saudi Arabia, I'll call them a global pariah and they'll give us more money in our campaign. Here's what he said, quote, while we recalibrate relations, we're not seeking to rupture relations because Saudi Arabia has been a strategic partner of the U.S. for 80 years. We share a host of interests with Saudi Arabia from containing Iran to counter-terrorism, to helping protect its territory, where, importantly, 70,000 Americans live and work, he said. And I just think that's an important fact. I mean, Saudi Arabia has faced hundreds of missiles and UAVs over the last 18 months, many of them targeting areas where Americans live and work. And so we have been engaged very deeply and very constructively with the Saudis to help defeat those threats. And that's something, obviously that is going to continue. Oh my gosh. They're going to pat each other on the back and hug and they'll even slap hands and smile. That's not going to happen, folks. The Saudis look at us just because of who they are, just because of their world history. We, the United States of America, we find a way every decade to get meddled up in some Middle Eastern issue that we make ours. And they don't like the fact that we get in it. Why? Because it's none of our business. And so here's what we have. We have a president, this president, going to Saudi Arabia. And he's basically going to, when he sits down at the table, he's going to say, I want you to forget about everything I've said. I was just campaigning, King Solomon. I didn't really mean it. We love you. I'm the guy that reminded people in the Bush 43 administration when the Twin Towers fell on 9-11, I reminded them that some of those people on that jet, the ones that were ramming the Twin Towers and the Pentagon, were Saudi Arabian people. We know that. That's just another reason why I called you a pariah. But I was just campaigning. You understand that. This guy doesn't have a shred of ethics. He has no integrity, no honesty. And you know who he's with and who he's for? Whoever he's standing in front of. And it doesn't matter what he said to the people in the room next door where he went before he came and got with you. None of that matters. God, we're running out of time. Gotta to get to this. I guess you heard the Partisan January 6th Committee. They announced today's scheduled hearing isn't gonna happen. And then they had to explain it. There's no big deal. But I'll tell you the putting together the video and exhibits, it's an exhausting exercise for our very small video staff. So we've 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 only spent about 10 million American taxpayer dollars on this January 6th witch hunt that we're doing. So we're trying to, we were going to have one, two, three in one week, and it's just too much to put it all together. So we're trying to give them a little room to do their technical work. That's really why we're putting a pause on. That's from committee member Representative Zoe Lofgren of California. The postponement comes after the committee members disagreed on Monday evening on whether or not former President Trump would be referred to the Justice Department on criminal charges. Now let me let me just explain how this works. This is not an official. This is not a body of government that has any right, any authority or any ability to get somebody arrested or charged with anything. Period. They don't have the authority to do what they're doing. And they certainly don't have any authority to get the Department of Justice to do anything because they're just members of Congress. Chair of the committee, Representative Benny Thompson of Mississippi, stated there would be no criminal referrals of former President Trump, but Liz Cheney said, wait a minute, wait a minute. The January 6th Select Committee has not issued a conclusion regarding potential criminal referrals. We will announce a decision on that at an appropriate time, she tweeted. Honestly, I think that's a racist thing. Benny Thompson is African-American. He's chairman. Liz Cheney, she's a literally white girl, white girl, member of the House of Representatives Wyoming, and in her fight to get reelected this fall right now, she is 30 points upside down with her challenger in the upcoming primary there. 30 points down. But she's telling Benny Thompson, basically, shut up. We haven't come to that conclusion yet. That was the second hiccup the committee had on Monday. Moments before the committee was to hear testimony from Bill Stepien, you remember him, Trump's former campaign manager, who is currently the campaign manager for Cheney's primary opponent we just told you about. Stepien's wife went into labor. How dare this woman go to the hospital to have a baby <laughs> step in. He obviously said, I'm not going to that committee hearing. I'm going to go to the hospital and help my wife through childbirth. And so he didn't show up. Well, thus far the partisan committee has voted to recommend two of Trump's former aides be held in contempt of Congress. How dare anybody? The house has also voted for many contempt referrals Though only two have been prosecuted by President Biden's Department of Justice. So here's a big deal. I know you were waiting breathlessly to watch the hearing today. You're going to have to wait till tomorrow. And honestly, I think what we just talked about is the only thing we're talking about that this committee is doing. They are doing nothing, nothing for the good of the American people. I don't care what they say. I don't care what promises they make, what explanations they give us. This is nothing but another Trump witch hunt. That's all. Real truth, real news. TNN, the Truth News Network.
4: Whether holding down the fort or bouncing back to school, childhood is always in session. So keep feeding us right with sun made snacks. Just like when you were a kid. Remember their naturally sweet raisins? Yep, still delicious. In store, Sunmade's other snacks, like creamy yogurt covered raisins, sour raisin snacks that taste like sour candy with no added sugar, and Sunmade's new s'mores and birthday cake bites. All delicious, all made with whole fruit. Sunmade snacks.
3: Cars today are computers on wheels, that's it. Uh, the fancy new tech makes our life easier in the car, but When something breaks, can you afford to fix the touch screen display or the sensor, which can cost thousands of dollars? Most likely no, that's why I have CarShield and it takes away the worry and the panic of the expensive repair that you know is coming. CarShield, their protection plans can save you thousands for covered repairs including everything from an engine, transmission, GPS electronics and more. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary roadside assistance and a rental car. It's inevitable something's going to break. It happens to everybody including me. So get coverage from America's number one auto protection company like i did and find out why car Shield cars go farther rates are as low as 99 dollars a month so visit carshield.com use the promo code iheart to save 10 percent. that's carshield.com promo code iheart deductible may apply
1: you know who we very seldom talk about on this show former president ronald reagan many of you weren't around, you weren't cognizant of politics when he served as president back in 1980 for eight years. And um, he was quite, quite a guy. Quite an American guy. Very, very honoring, very, very patriotic American guy. He had some great speeches that he gave. And in the middle of all this chaos we're in right now, I thought it was appropriate for you to listen to just a segment of his speech from January 20th, 1981. Ladies and gentlemen, President Ronald Reagan.
6: If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom, and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier their lives ended in places called Wood, the Argonne Omaha Beach Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Pork Chop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. Under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed, trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice. I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have. Let that be understood by those who practice terrorism and prey upon their neighbors. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it, We will not surrender for it, now or ever. We are Americans. Americans.
1: Americans first, and Americans last. What a great way to end the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Look, we still have a lot to deal with. And we're just thankful that you allow us to enter your home, your office, your headsets, every day and share with you some of the things that we're dealing with. I want to make sure you understand you're not alone. None of this happens in a vacuum. We're always here at Truth News Network. Always feel like you can reach out to us at any time. Text, email dan at truthnewsnet.org dan at truthnewsnet.org And so um, for the next couple of minutes just enjoy some kind of sleepy (laughs) smooth jazz to help you get the rest of your wednesday underway have a great one folks thanks for being here we'll see you tomorrow 9 to 11 a.m central every monday through friday at tnn live